Hi team, welcome to the Kindness, Curiosity and Comfortable Shoes podcast. My name is James McFetridge and this is an ongoing toolkit for all healthcare staff. Whether you are a porter or a paediatrician, a domestic or a driver, clinical or non-clinical, just starting or just finishing your work in healthcare, this podcast aims to give you some useful thoughts about working for this amazing business to get you through your day. Before we start today's episode, I'll be so grateful if you could do one thing for me. If there is anything in these episodes that helps you in your day-to-day work as a healthcare worker, please tell your friends and colleagues so they can benefit from it too. I'd be so grateful if you could do that to really help grow this podcast. Thank you. Today, I thought we'd take a look at complaints. I remember certainly one place I worked as a trainee, we used to have an inbox, physical inbox, where any things of note, any patient paperwork that needed completing would end up. And it's also where we'd find out if anyone had put in a complaint about any patients that we'd seen. And naturally enough, we just dread looking in there to see if there was a complaint. It was just so impersonal, there's no guidance, literally just a photocopy of the patient's notes with a letter on the top from the secretaries just saying can you respond to this complaint and a copy of the uh, nature of the complaint it's just awful to get and when you're training you really don't want to be in that situation of someone feeling that you hadn't done your best for them and I remember particularly this one place I worked at remember starting night shifts and we used to do seven nights in a row, uh, 12 and a half hours for each shift. And you'd find this possibly on a Friday night, usually have a couple of days off beforehand and, and, and there would be this complaint and you'd have this long stretch of work in front of you, no one to talk to about it because you're just going to be busy clinically the whole time. And just awful to have that kind of brooding and self-examination about what was going on without any support to know whether things had gone right or not or how important it was that we uh, looked into this in great detail to try and improve as a clinician or was it just one of those things where we were part of a far bigger issue that someone had had with their health care. Certainly when I was training in emergency medicine, I'd be seeing... 4,000 patients a year approximately I guess would they all be perfect would I all get, always get on with those patients would I always come to an agreement about what was going on and um, what the diagnosis was and the plan moving forward of course I wouldn't and that's the nature of complaints that they can range from a disagreement about how a consultation was managed to a personality clash to those things we actually want to find is a genuine, bad, unsafe and dangerous practice. But if anyone has an issue, it's really important that we do find it, even if it is just a perhaps more minor disagreement about a consultation. 
looking through some statistics in the United Kingdom in the NHS. Uh, these stats are from a few years back, uh, but there were just over 200,000 written complaints to the NHS in England. But as a proportion of the contacts, there are over 300 million primary care contacts each year. Over 20 million consultant episodes each year. So a huge number of contacts and actually a very small proportionally number of complaints. But sometimes that makes it worse, doesn't it, if we do get that complaint in which we are named or we've been part of that patient's care, it suddenly does feel really, really personal. When I was a consultant and uh, having to look into investigating the complaint and finding out what had actually happened, there's that sense of trying to find this universal truth, what actually took place. And it's impossible. There's always going to be that different recollection of those people involved. And when you're going through something where you're experiencing it as a patient or as a family member or a staff member, you only naturally see things from your perspective. And that may well be quite a stressful environment or a new or a different environment. And when we're recollecting that, it's never going to be perfect. And so as soon as a complaint is made and we're looking back, we're dredging our thoughts and memories to what actually happened and comparing these different perspectives that went on. And there's the argument that we have the clinical notes that should be contemporaneous and reflect the most accurate record. But we know in real life that's not always the case, that they are always containing exactly the relevant information. They may not be completely contemporaneous because they're written half an hour, an hour after certain episodes have taken place. And they clearly don't always record the, the tone or the, or the attitude of, of what was happening. And then there's the nature of error. And I'll discuss that more in a future episode, I think. But error is multifactorial. If someone makes a complaint, often there is that sense of there must have been something that has gone wrong and therefore we must find that thing that has gone wrong. But so often, as we know in day-to-day life, there's so many things that happen, so many interactions that we have with people, just in normal everyday life. It's really difficult to pin it down, and it's probably wrong to pin it down to one specific person, one specific problem. And even if it does seem as if it's coming down to, to that, well, we all have good days and bad days. I know certainly for a com- that I was involved in happened when I was on night shift and on a night shift as a consultant massively increased pressure as the most senior doctor in the hospital far less capacity for other people to take on that increased workload there's a flip around of my body clock but also it's the same for all the staff around me and also the same for the patients and families they are tired and maybe disorientated about what's going on because of it happening at night so there are always other things that are happening that may be contributing to error or complaints. And we know that complaints will happen and hopefully we all work in a system that will look into it. And when I used to look into complaints and it would head up investigations, I used to dread those meetings, those face-to-face complaint meetings. 
I'd naturally be very protective of my team. I never wanted to accept that we, as a team, may have caused a problem. And yet, clearly, to be able to investigate it fully, you need to be very impartial and make sure that we are looking at all the aspects that have been mentioned in the complaint to make sure we really are leaving no stone unturned to make sure we're looking at this absolutely at, at face value. But then I get to those meetings and 90, 95% of the time, the issues were resolved quite satisfactorily with just a an explanation, definitely having an understanding of the patient's or family's perspective that perhaps wasn't appreciated very well at the time. And in general, people want the system or the individuals involved to learn from the episode. We can't change what has happened. But they genuinely want it to be something where we can learn and, and use that episode to improve our healthcare. So how do we learn? How can we improve our response to complaints? How can we try and prevent them? And I'm thinking of this from both sides, from both the patient and family member side as, as well as the staff. So fairly recently, the London School of Economics published a uh, an article in the BMJ Quality and Safety Journal about healthcare complaints analysis. And it looked at the different areas and narrowed them down to three areas as a suggested way of looking at how to analyse complaints. So each area being clinical problems, management problems and relationship problems. And then for those three areas, they're broken down a bit further. So for the clinical problems, looking at the quality of the clinical standards and of the healthcare staff behaviour and looking at safety to see if there had been errors or incidents possibly related to staff competencies. The next area was management problems, issues that relate to the environment and organisation. So there are those environmental issues, the problems with facilities, services, clinical equipment, and including staffing levels in that. And then secondly, in management problems, there's the institutional processes, those bureaucratic problems, things with waiting times, accessing the right care. And then finally, there are the relationship problems, specifically thinking about the behaviour of staff. And even that can be broken down into listening. Are we not uh, acknowledging the correct information from patients? Are we disregarding what we're being told? Communication, both written and verbal. How are we communicating from healthcare staff to patients? And finally, in relationship problems, those respect and patient rights issues. Have we been violating patients' rights. So I think that's a really nice way of looking at how we can analyse complaints and may help us think about how we can process those issues ourselves. Another nice thing I found from uh, an American website called Practice Builders, looking at different ways that we can handle patient complaints and diffuse their frustrations. Because if we look on the internet, and I've just done this part of researching for this episode, if you look up complaints in healthcare, it's all about how to manage it from the patient perspective. There's so little about how to try and avoid them 
from a healthcare staff perspective. So I really like this article uh, that I found. And it presents eight ways that we can be a bit more proactive uh, about thinking about complaints. So firstly, that first one is being proactive, not waiting for patients to come to us. Asking them directly, making sure we're thinking about problems at the time. And part of that is the second aspect, addressing their concerns. What are patients telling us and are we actually managing their concerns? And while we're doing that, thirdly, making sure that we are listening attentively. Making sure we're giving people the opportunity to explain what their concerns are without interjecting, without demonstrating an annoyance or impatience. And then fourthly, when we are responding to that, pausing and speaking in a calm tone, speaking cautiously, making sure that we understand what the issue is without clearly telling them that they are wrong or they've misunderstood the issue, that we just need to make sure we've understood what the issue is first. And then fifthly, and I think it's really important to acknowledge this, thickening your skin, making sure that we try not to take these grievances personally. Because when we are in a healthcare situation as a patient, we clearly may be afraid. And sometimes that fear is manifested as anger. And that leads on to the sixth thing. It's really nice to put yourself in that patient's position. Trade places with them. Just think, what has been going on? How are they responding in the context of everything else that is going on with them? And then we can get to apologising them. Not necessarily accepting responsibility or blame, especially in the first instance when you're still investigating it, but a way of offering some empathy, just saying we're validating that that concern is important. And importantly, documenting those patient complaints just to make sure that we are clear that the interaction has been recorded and, and, and managed. So I really like the, that way of, of looking at it. And uh, I guess my summary from my experience doing this would be absolutely make sure that we have accurate notes all the way through, not just when there is a complaint, but making sure that we have accurate notes that reflect what has happened in the clinical situation. Making sure that we try and capture issues at the time, asking for that clarification and checking understanding. And thinking and remembering that communication is so key. So most complaints will have communication at the heart of it. Uh, some studies suggesting it's as high as 70 or even 90% of issues are to do with communication. And finally, from my perspective, if things do progress to a more formal complaint, think of that as an opportunity to learn. This isn't about blame, but it's about improvement. And that goes if you are thinking about making a complaint as well as possibly being on the receiving end of it. This is for us to learn and make sure that next time we're in a similar situation that not only we learn, but also those around us can learn from something that has happened previously. Thank you for listening today. Let me know what you thought about this episode. I am on at JMAC Education on all the socials. And there are links in the show notes for anything that we've talked about today that may be of interest or further reading for you. Oh, I'd be really grateful if you could rate, review and subscribe 
And most importantly, if you found this helpful, please tell your colleagues about this podcast. So please take care of yourselves out there. You are doing a great job. And remember, be kind, be curious, and don't forget your comfortable shoes. Thank you to Shakina Studio for the music downloaded through Audio Jungle. Thank you to Beth for the artwork and the photo produced through Canva. And thank you to Buzzsprout for hosting the podcast. The Kindness, Curiosity and Comfortable Shoes podcast is a JMAC Education production.